0: a flat salt lake about 170 kilometers long when when it floods when the rains come the fish are all they lay dormant in the rivers um, until it rains and then they get washed down the rivers and this attracts birds from all over the country they come to lake air so there's a feeding frenzy on uh, on the birds in the lake so that's the big attraction but i mean it's amazing whether that happens or not just because of its vastness and the the history of that area you know the it, it, it's just uh on the edge of lake air is the um where the overland telegraph line was built and the Ghan railway line which connected south and north australia from adelaide to darwin back in the uh the late 1800s so there's a lot of history there um, a lot of spectacular scenery, lovely old architecture and stunning mountain ranges as well. So that's where we are first. Arcarule is actually um, a very rich mineral environment and um, great mountains and cute little uh, yellow footed rock wallabies there too. You got to accentuate the positive. Oh, I feel good. a bit of feel goes a long
1: way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life.
0: Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else?
1: Welcome to another show on Accentuate the Positive, always wonderful, to be with you all again well this show is the first cab off the rank for 2023 and we're going to take you around Australia with the wonderful Richard O'Neill welcome to the show Richard because <laughs> <Where'd> you... <Hello. laughs> this is on an audio podcast as well as visual so people are listening for you to say hello oh, oh okay.
0: okay hello yeah. <laughs> Good to be here thanks karen
1: so i've known richard for many years i think it's been about at least 20. Uh, we met through the academy of light which was a monday night event that i was um, facilitating many years ago showcasing spiritual teachers and we did a meditation and and you came to quite a few of those richard
0: yeah yeah that was that was good fun yeah
1: So even though I haven't seen you for a long time, it's beautiful to have you on the show and to see what you're up to. I felt it would be great to start the year off with a bit of a tour of Australia for all those people that write to me and that watch and listen to the shows that say, oh, I'd love to come down under one day. I'd love to visit Australia. So many people say that to me. Come on down. The borders are now open. You can enter the country with or without medical procedures. I know that um, Australians can't go to America yet if they've not opted for the medical procedure but you guys can come down under anyone we're letting you in things are up and running again please remember if you're liking the shows to share them with your friends and click that like button and subscribe button no matter what platform that you're on send me in a comment so Richard O'Neill is a fifth generation Aussie explorer, bushman, adventurer, and songman. His family have a deep love and connection for the land of Oz and have journeyed Australia's song lines. With the wisdom keepers for many generations, Richard has worked with Australian Aborigine elders and communities in the Kimberleys and across Australia for more than 20 years, supporting communities to re-establish on traditional lands, helping share their knowledge of country through Bush University and other initiatives. His early years was on the land and his formal training was in engineering and business, Richard's life journey has included investing and business and export marketing, consulting, Aboriginal culture, of course, and spirituality, songwriting, authoring books, and holistic healing. His life experience and global travels has enabled him to see a bigger picture, how we create the material world through our worldly experiences beliefs and actions this is a message of all the ancient seers indigenous first nation people and many religions Richard is the creator of spirit safaris an outback and wilderness tour company which explores extraordinary places throughout Australia Richard's love of life and the land and nature enables travelers to connect more fully with the special places they visit for deep, richer relationships with the self and all creation. Humanity is now being called to take notice of this beautiful planet Earth for the great journey we are all traveling together. Aligned with that, Richard has initiated a number of projects, including writing vitality toolkits for schools as part of a big picture project. So you've got a few websites going on here. I think the australianvisions.com.au is the one that is the toolkit, right, Richard?
0: Yeah, the toolkits are available there and also a vision quest that we're operating online and, and have been running in the bush over the years as well. So we've been collecting vision statements, vision expressions in different forms, and um, so they're being promoted and published through australian visions
1: and you've got another website called danceforthetrees.com what's that one about
0: this is about celebrating nature and uh Mm -hmm. hopefully creating the biggest party on the planet (laughs) Uh, i believe that um in fact the first name of my tour business was song and dance adventures because singing and dancing is what in in, you know traditional cultures now creates our world it brings out the emotion and the dance is the action element uh, but dance for the trees is just over 100 years old now it was initiated originally in Kenya in Africa and became the biggest tree planning organization in the world or initiated that and uh, so we're trying to raise awareness of that and and support communities to uh, have a focus on nature to create uh, and, and and bring about a celebration in their own communities you know a lot of it's happening now but um in different ways but it's a way to raise awareness of nature get more people actively engaged and to provide fundraising within communities for nature care projects
1: perfect sounds fantastic and of course spiritsafaris.com is your tour guide business and I was just asking Richard if he had some photographs and he goes, yeah, millions of them. And I'm like, where are (laughs) they? They're not on your website. And he goes, no, but they are on, there's a Pinterest page. So on pinterest.com.au slash spirit safaris, you can see a lot of the photographs that Richard and the crew and the team have taken over the years with the safaris of Australia, if you're interested in seeing those. And you've got also Spirit Safaris on Facebook and Dancers for Trees on Facebook page as well. Well, we are going to talk about your travels, but uh, I'd love to, you know, share a little bit of your story, how you were working in the corporate world. How did you get into singing the song lines and talking to the earth and spirituality? How did your awakening start?
0: Uh, yeah, well, I, I, as I said, as you said, um I studied engineering I'm a mechanical engineer as a uh, teenager tinkering with cars and engines was the way to go and seemed logical to do engineering I was very fortunate to get a student exchange overseas to Switzerland actually and I've actually been in a nuclear reactor so inside wearing pink slippers and an uh, x-ray badge to make sure I didn't glow too much in the dark That was a wonderful experience. I travelled 5,000 Ks around Switzerland, around Europe at least, and um, gave me a different perspective on the world and and, um, Australia and my life. But I came back from that and and got stuck into engineering. And then I also invented something and took took that overseas, promoting that, and into America and Canada and um, sold a few in Europe. But that sort of launched my longer term career, which was export marketing consulting. So I've worked with um, numerous Australian manufacturers, quite large ones and small ones, uh, exporting product into mainly Asia. But it also got me to South Africa, South America, Europe, of course, and America, and a lot of Asia. And um, so it was a wonderful opportunity. and. Uh, to um, explore the world and and see things from a different perspective and meet a lot of different cultures. It also helped me see that um, Australian manufacturing wasn't going to be too competitive because there was a lot of cheap product coming out of Asia. And um, uh, so I actually went back to, well, I, I suppose around the same time I was... Uh, a bit challenged financially and and, um, got involved in a program called money and you and that was a spiritual awakening for me because in that in the processes that occurred there uh, I felt electricity running between people in the group and I saw Aboriginal spirits in the room and it was a pretty uh, profound experience and I ended up supporting programs they were running in hong kong and singapore and um and numerous ones they were running in sydney but um so that was a unusual and special experience and that after that i i started running some tours up to some well i guess i was questioning my identity as well so i you know who am i what am i doing here so i started looking at my family background and um, a lot of that was around actually on one occasion I went to the graveyard there and there was about five relatives buried in the graveyard and I was looking for the grave of one of my relatives and there was this cat sitting on a on a tombstone there and sure enough (laughs) that was my one of my relatives but they were well two of them got married there and and so a whole lot of interesting experiences but Part of the specialness of that was meeting an Aboriginal elder up there. He was taking groups of men out into the bush and doing uh, interesting things out there and teaching a lot of what the rock art was teaching. There's a site up there, for example, which is two kangaroos uh, without their hindquarters. And he explained that this is where teleporting or or travelling in other dimensions without your legs is possible so yeah, yeah so that was pretty nice but there's some great great sites up there and that Mount Yango area is um is a very powerful and significant site uh on on the song line of the army that's traveled up the eastern coastline yeah and lots of other places so am I answering the question what was the question how do I get into this oh yeah so um I'm out there in the corporate world and seeing that we're not gonna well, things have got to change. So, so I went back to creativity. What's it all about, you know? And I thought the guys that um, knew a bit about creativity were the people that had survived here for forty thousand or more years uh, sustainably. From then, I went into Bush University, which was a program up in the Kimberley. Uh, I was invited up to that, and uh, that was a, a very significant, life-changing experience as well. And from that actually came the books that I wrote for the kids. You know, there's three vitality toolkits and the concept of Australian visions. Um, so that was just all downloaded one night, several pages of how to do it. There I met David maljali and and he was a, a very well, he was a senior elder in the Kimberley, uh, but he'd also had involvements around the Sydney area and around the country. Uh, so that was life-changing, but he he died um, about three months after I was there. So, Well, he also said that um, if we energise a line across the country, we'll heal the whole country. I understood that to be the Tanami track song line, uh, which is a diagonal line that runs roughly from Cape Leveque, uh, Broomway, towards Alice Springs, and then comes down into the eastern area. And so I started taking trips up to the Kimberley, uh, people up there to support work that was going on there. Uh, the Aboriginal guys up there were struggling to get back onto their land and, and to establish some base because they were, they'd all been rounded up into missions and, and that wasn't a very good life. They really wanted to be on their land. So we did that for a number of years and and still do support that so uh uh that's how that started but i mean i really do feel that we ought to be manufacturing or exporting our creativity somehow you know rather than digging up the land you know film is happening now and all sorts of creative pursuits and so that's good what
1: is happening now film
0: film film yeah yeah there's Well, up around Coffs Harbor, they're building another film studio. Um, Oh,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. The uh, The movie industry, uh, yeah, it's thriving.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been quite a number of Americans here, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, top American film stars shooting um, world blockbusters, and Matrix was filmed here. Um, There's a lot of talent in that area developing. That, That doesn't sustain us all, though. We've got to do something else. Yeah.
1: I was just going to say I was out at Broken Hill and they just finished filming the latest Mad Max film out there out at Broken Hill recently. But where can people find the books that you've written, the Vitality School?
0: Yeah, if if they go to Australian Visions under resources, Mm -hmm. uh, it's australianvisions.com. There's a resources tab there. Are Uh, they
1: on Amazon?
0: Or it might be products. No, they're not on Amazon. They're not
1: on Amazon. Okay. uh,
0: they're, they're a bit Australian concentric or focused um and I have felt that I probably should expand them to a bigger market but one of one of the toolkits is is about rainmaking people might think that's not possible but there's lots of been lots of rainmakers in this country and been very successful at it and and um I mean the, the Australian government does it as well in a different way but I wrote these songs eight songs it was in the middle of the drought and we got a group together and you might have even been there karen were you were you involved in that in in avalon anyway we uh, probably (laughs) anyway we um we you know we'd had drought for months maybe 12 or more well a lot of droughts here are seven years and it had been very dry for at least 12 months anyway we sang those songs and it started pouring rain that night and all all the singers there was about 20 of us um they were pretty impressed (laughs) so i thought i was a rainmaker after that so um so i went out and did a few rainmaking workshops and uh, realized that uh, if it didn't rain then i could be in a lot of trouble and chased out of town so I guess that was an opportunity that i um i chickened out from um and went in slightly other directions but anyway nobody wants a rainmaker now people want sun dancers rather than rain dancers
1: yeah well we've been we've been inundated with water over the last well all summer really i noticed Mm. that on your facebook page you had a photograph of the floods in western australia Like uh, we had huge floods in New South Wales not so long ago and uh, just recently Western Australia has been flooding. Yeah, we've got too much rain. So everyone, you know, around the net is sort of screaming, like you said, the governments are making the weather, like the fires and the floods, they're making it happen. What do you think about that? Like geoengineering, I think it's called.
0: Yeah, look. That's been going on for a long time. They're doing it in the Second World War. Right. Um I don't know, you know, a lot a lot of there's a lot of noise on the net about conspiracy theories and and governments doing this weather manipulation. I think it's hard to find the evidence, the truthful evidence. Um I know there is government rain making. Um you know with good intent but I I don't know that there's a lot of uh bad intent behind what what is attempted you, you know we're, we're seeing the um La Nina effect at the moment the the change of water temperatures but in the Pacific and that's bringing a lot of uh a lot of different wet weather to, to Australia uh, but we've certainly got extremes now and I think it's all part of the big call by nature there's a call to pay attention to the world we're living in and and take care of it we're not taking care of it you know australia's got the highest rate of mammal extinction in the world we're still cutting down forests where koalas live and and you know it's crazy you know and it's all very short-term um decision making by or allowance by politicians that supposedly meant to be serving us
1: <laughs> yes it's all very it's all very economic driven it's not driven by the uh, stewarding the planet it's it's like the bottom line it's always the bottom line isn't it richard it's always like the export market yeah. and how much money we can make and uh, I, don't, I don't i really don't think that they talk they talk a good talk but i don't think they factor the environment and mother guy are into many of the decisions made for Political, e- economic gain. All right. Well, let's let's fly around Australia with you. What's what's one of the your most favourite places that you've been in Australia?
0: Oh well, that's seen behind you, Karen, is the Kimberley. That's the Gib River Road, uh, the Pentecost River. But there's a, there's a road right behind you. Oh, you've got okay. She's away on a holiday. <laughs> um, so that's the Pentecost River and the Cockburn Range behind. The resort El Questro is on that well, that mountain range was part of El Questro. They've reassigned some of the land around there in the last couple of years, but it gives you an idea of where it is. It's about two hours drive west of Kununurra, which is um, near the West Australian border, West Australian Northern Territory border in the far north of Australia, in the northwestern corner. And why is it so special? Well, it's um, 1.6 billion years old it's a very hard sandstone it was sedimentary rock that was formed when that whole area was under underwater it's it's almost like a crystalline structure but it, it, it certainly dominates the area the, the Kimberley was actually a separate tectonic plate to the, the bulk of Australia and there was a collision. Of that plate with the two plates, so there's a there's a major fault line runs through or near the Bungle Bungles and the um, Lake Argyle, and uh, so the geology around these areas is is very interesting and very dynamic. Another special thing about that mountain is that that's um, if you've seen the movie Australia Australia that Baz Luhrmann created and produced a number of years ago um it's that mountain on which the um the elder was was uh, had had his campfire uh during uh the ending scenes of of that movie and the mm. cattle of course that were on El Cuestro, they used to say they were movie stars because they were in the movie <laughs> Australia as well <laughs> fabulous so, so if you want to see a bit of that country i guess that movies a a, a great way to see it um, it, uh, but, but of course, we travel down that Gib River Road, and that's the start of the the you know the deep Kimberley journey through waterfalls and, and um, spectacular gorges and dirt all the way, 700 k's of dirt, and sometimes a bit of a challenge.
1: It's not a place that's on most tourist maps. When you kind of book tours in Australia, it's not usually on the tourist tourist trail. It's it's a bit of a secret, is it?
0: Well, yes, it used to be. <laughs>
1: it used to be. <laughs> it, it
0: used to be a bit of a, uh, a horror journey, but um, they're getting a bit better at that now with, with keeping the road maintained. Uh, but every year there's a new challenge. And this year, of course, the floods in uh, Fitzroy Crossing have, have damaged the bridge and the road. They're the, 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 the biggest floods on record. Wow. And uh, So the town's been isolated, the bridge is damaged and um, i I don't know what's going to happen about that. Hopefully they can get it back together by May, which is usually the start of the season. Mm.
1: So you said to us before that you'd travelled extensively through Europe and different places around the world. What makes, what do you think makes Australia so special? like also different to the rest of the world and why would people want to come down here and explore it <laughs> apart from us amazing Aussies
0: <laughs> yeah well I was going to say one of the amazing things is I was born here but uh, that's probably not not the biggest attraction Australia has an emptiness a, a stillness and a, and a a flatness and I actually think that people you know people are born into a group um, relevant to their spiritual journey, and I think we're all on on a spiritual journey. The people that have come to Australia, uh, many have come from um, hostile environments. I know my ancestors came from the potato famine in in uh, Ireland and Scotland. This place is a is a great leveler, you know, the landscape, the leveling of the landscape, which is what most of Australia is. It's fairly flat and and uh big distances of, of open plains and deserts it gives a stillness and a and a void i refer to you know so australia has actually been a very creative place you know if we if we uh think of the quotation in the bible you know the, the creation began uh, there was a movement in the void in the emptiness which is what meditations about as well you know in the stillness c- creative thoughts come and um so Australia's a fantastic place to develop your creativity or to connect with with a deeper part of yourself when you can get out of the noise of the busyness of of so much of life in other places. you know I live just 40 kilometers away from the city of Sydney and often on the beach here there's no one there. it's amazing and it's lovely
1: yeah it is amazing well I live in the thick of the city and there's plenty of people on the beach let me tell you but you don't have to go too far yeah like an hour out of Sydney and you've got you've got um, yeah you've got you've got the beach to yourself as you say even in the middle of summer yeah I just wanted to say to you too you talk about the, the the emptiness of Australia when I was facilitating the Academy of Light years ago there used to be quite a few people that came to to talk to us from overseas and I remember this Funny UK guy came and he was talking about apports. He was this tiny little UK guy. Might have been Irish. Might have been Scottish. Anyway, do you remember him? I cannot remember his name. And he was talking about how all these apports happened. Do you know what the apports are? Like things just drop out of the sky. He would like have. He'd live in the middle of the country and have fish on his driveway. And old keys and old uh, locks and things would just like move through the you know, anyway it was, he was fascinating I remember one girl said to him can you bring my dog back I lost my dog and he said I can't do this it just happened it's a phenomena that happens around me I I'm not in control of it it just happens around me but anyway I asked him that same question how do you find Australia and he said there is an energy here that's unlike any other energy in the world it's like a spaciousness an emptiness, um, a freedom that I've never felt anywhere else, and I, I loved that. That he said that, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But you wanted to say something else. You wanted to elaborate on the spirits.
0: Well, just on that, it changes the attitude of people too. To be less stressed and and more open. There was a Japanese guy that came here, and he 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 just loved the light you know that was his big thing about australia and and certainly you know we've got a lot more sun than a lot of other places and and uh, so he was pretty stoked with the light <laughs> mm. i was going to say spirit safaris uh, that name i think we're all on a spiritual journey i mean we're all traveling around the on the planet at about 18.6 miles per second so you can't deny that we're not going somewhere i think we're all evolving as well and spiritually that's where I've sort of refocused my some of what I'm doing the 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 vision quest that I'm doing is more about the inner journey than the outer journey but the yin and the yang are always at play and the the outer journey sort of brings up things to deal with on the inside but but the spirit spirit safaris is about the spirit you know connecting heaven and earth basically safaris Arabic for uh, travel uh, or journey so um spirit safaris is about the job that we're all doing i think which is connecting heaven and earth through our bodies and through our hearts so that we can be whole and fulfill the journey i think is for everyone which is to be be love
1: be more connected to the love that we are so mm. what is the Indigenous First Nation people, what have they taught you about who we are in your dealings with them or even in, in your dealings with them in spirit?
0: That's a, probably a big question. What first came to mind was the, the tribalness of, of many you know, ancient cultures really creates a strong connection to earth and the I think the lower chakras in the body um the, the the groundedness you know through necessity of survival um the um uh the sexual chakras uh, and and the the um the base chakras whereas christianity and the other teachings are about from above you know it's a, it's about the heaven so bringing those two together which is what's happening in aboriginal cultures now there's many Aboriginal people that are, are seeing the union of the two um so that's that's certainly something seeing that you know uh traditional tribal behavior is about lower chakra energies principally uh, whereas Western culture or the or Christian teachings spiritual teachings have been about um upper body energies but this body is our temple, and and bringing it all together is what creates our wholeness and our and our ability to create more in integrity of who we are as well. But the, another big lesson of of um, the Kimberley was was uh, what they referred to as men's business and women's business, and I know that's not a popular topic these days the Chinese refer to yin and yang and and the indian cultures refer to the the three aspects of energy to the holy trinity uh in celtic and and indian culture um but without opposites the physical world doesn't exist and so you know every, your body's held together by the positive and negative charges of every atom in your body so we we have to navigate between these positives and negatives, and I think a lot of what we see outside of ourselves is distraction. Um, you know, it's put there to distract us or show us where we're going and, and what what we can work on. You know, if, if uh, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, the disappearance of the universe by um, Gary Raynard, which is a simpler version of a course in miracles and an introduction to it. Which is and the disappearance of the universe is referring to moving into that place that the Aboriginal elder Muljali referred to, you know, going through the veil uh, into a state of grace and and acceptance. So Gary puts it in a very entertaining and and amusing story of visitations. You know, without these opposites, we're not here so so expect expect the dark and the light to turn up and um good things and bad things and you know we're seeing a lot of bad things in the world but without that the good won't shine through either
1: yeah we are in a polarized environment absolutely Mm. Mm. and you know I was out in the outback I went to Uluru for the first time last year and the sky is amazing I insisted that uh, with my girlfriend that we drive out of the resort to where there were no lights and just sit on the side of the road, turn all the lights off and look up and see the Milky Way. I mean, it's incredible. Like, Mm. what have you seen out there in the sky? Because the Indigenous First Nation people talk about their star family. They're very connected to the cosmos and different life throughout the universe. They understand that they were seeded from other planets. They have, a, they have a knowing about that, which is something that we don't talk about in major sort of mainstream religion, but the Indigenous people of our lands always talk about the star people. What Have you witnessed anything out there,
0: Richard? A, a popular thing now in Aboriginal astrology, and there's a number of books on that these days, um but they're they're referring to the uh the dark emu or the the emu that's in the in the milky way it's not the stars it's the lack of stars that are creating this shape of darkness of a, a running emu so it's an outstretched neck and body um and it's fairly easy to see in the southern hemisphere um i'm not sure how visible it is in the northern hemisphere but um, there'll be a lot about it on the web, I'm sure. The you know, Most Aboriginal people around Australia, that I've met anyway, have a sense that they've come from the Pleiades. I don't know how they've got this idea. I mean, the, the Seven Sisters story, which is the, the major story that goes right across the country and is in many tribal groups around the country, the big song line is of the seven sisters which is the Pleiades the Pleiades are the seven sisters Uh, in Japan interestingly the the Pleiades are referred to as Subaru so everybody driving a Subaru has the Pleiades star system on their car so the seven sisters are chased by Orion well the the Greek God Orion has an Aboriginal name which I don't know I'm sorry but uh, so those seven sisters went across the nation, you know, there's different stories and landmarks and so on where they they had their journey. It's intriguing that so many Aboriginal people have a, a sense that they've come from the Pleiades. I was I was woken up one night with a start, very aware of me just, well, I was given a name. It's a name that I had never heard of before, but I uh, it's, uh, that, you know uh, that's where I came from. Uh, really? Uh, anyway, I've tried to find it and track it down, but I, I haven't been able to. So like, I don't know whether that's in the Pleiades or not.
1: So when you say you were working up with the start, what you got to download and you were told that you came from some place in the cosmos, some name you'd never heard yeah, of. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And so the question was, when you're out in the outback, have you seen anything in the skies? Like I was really wanting to see some craft out there because you know being out of the city with these big skies but i didn't i have to say i didn't
0: want to see some craft
1: some craft yeah did you have you seen anything any phenomena uh
0: well the the best phenomena was a a green meteorite well apparently that was a craft on its way down but there was this we were just sitting around a campfire. we were singing rain songs with the elders and they were singing their songs and we were singing songs it was great and it was just after david maldali had died so it would have been about 90 99 1999 so we all saw this brilliant green light with an orange tail some of the guys reckon they could hear it crash but i i'm not sure about that anyway one of the elders well the senior elder at the time said uh that's him he's on his way but he'll come back (laughs) you know he'll come back (laughs) And that was the first time I'd heard of uh, Aboriginal people referring to reincarnation or re- coming, you know, the spirit coming back. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. We had some really powerful experiences after that. Um,
1: what sort of powerful around,
0: experiences? And the bungle bungles. Sorry.
1: What What sort of powerful experiences?
0: Oh uh, well, we we we'd been singing these rain songs. We actually went up to where Muljali had been laid to rest where his body was and uh I was with a couple of spiritual people and one of them stood on this big rock and it started sliding down the hill it was about the the shape of a giant surfboard anyway um it it seemed like there'd been a big shift in the energy somehow and so we left that area the next day and went down to the Bungles and it was pouring rain you know it was in September and and um, it shouldn't have been raining then it wouldn't normally have been but there was a fantastic rainbow over the bungle bungles and so we were able to be part of that and then we walked into the bungles fairly late in the evening and um there's quite a bit of spirit active there and and there's actually a one of the domes out the front it was like a it was like a child winking at me because what we've been talking about with the elders was was to bring the kids up he, he'd said to me um you know bring the kids up and I'll say something and, and he says something <laughs> you know this is how he's just explaining it in his in his simple terms and it seemed like a good idea you know because kids love things like that but so we went into the darkness of the oh there was a lovely bird uh, a jabiru bird in the moon full moon as well it was, it was pretty special scene we started doing some harmonizing in in the cathedral saw some pretty nice images of winking kids and so on and then we came out and and there's this dome there with two circles but one's like a winking eye you know so every time I go there now he's still there it's this kid winking at me so <laughs> from that came the writing of these books and and um and this Australian visions project.
1: Hmm beautiful well i'd like to hear more about the project but during the last couple of years your business would have suffered what did you do when they shut the country down you just
0: well we had a holiday (laughs) we had a holiday (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah well uh the first year um we were just stuck at home nobody went anywhere so we got a new kitchen in the process um or i put one in but then the next year it was looking fantastic you know it was a rush of people wanted to wanted to get out and escape so we were going to have the biggest year ever then they they didn't open the borders oh sorry they they, they closed the borders in Western Australia so we lost 80 percent 80 percent of our customers so we had the drivers up there we had the vehicles there we'd flown one driver back to get another vehicle and um that was all shut down so we had people flying from Melbourne to join us in Broome and they got to Perth and they were told they had to go back home. You know, it was ridiculous. Um, they, they couldn't tell them before they got on the plane or they couldn't let them go. Once they'd arrived in Perth, they had to send them home. We ran thin, we, we couldn't get all our people across the border. So um, we we still ran a number of tours, but they were below capacity and uh, the drivers were hanging around inpatient uh, wanting work it was a pretty um, slim year and then um it was
1: 2021 yeah that was that must have been
0: 21 yeah 22 we were skeptical about whether things would go ahead because there'd been a a rush on accommodation uh, of Mm -hmm. of, you know backlog from the previous year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so accommodation was very tight and there'd been a lot of people leave the industry as well because they couldn't get reliable work Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: that increased the challenges and then so we were going to run fairly slim uh but then they they weren't opening the borders into Western Australia either so it was very um unclear now the last minute I think it was in March they said uh, the borders are well you can come in with with vaccination so uh, so we got a few tours off the ground but it was a, a bit of that a was rain. in
1: 2022 yeah and they've relaxed a bit since then because I, I went traveling and uh what I what I was amazed when was it I think it was June July I was out in the center of Australia what I was amazed was how many Australians were travelling through Australia because, you know, out at Uluru, which is a, a tourist destination for people from overseas, there was hardly anyone from overseas. They were all Australians. Mm. You know, Australians were seeing Australia. So for people that are listening to this, that are thinking of coming down under, what can you offer them, Richard?
0: Oh, well, an adventure to change their life, you know, to expand their creativity, to find inner peace at last. And, um, and just have a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe to find a, a higher purpose in life to um, to uh, understand what their life's been all about. Mm. Um, but, you know, on a more material level, we've got um, tours in the Kimberley and Lake Eyre and Cape York, uh, one-day trips out of Sydney uh, or, or and longer, Hunter Valley. My partner's got a... Um, a lovely uh, property up in the Hunter. We call it the Hunter Valley Kangaroo Retreat. So um, that's available um, for weekends or during the week. A lovely place to rest, relax in the Hunter Valley Uh, with about 50 kangaroos on the property. We do trips around New South Wales. During COVID, we we were bound within the state. So we started developing some New South Wales outback tours. And um, there's some amazing things out there, like Gundabuka National Park and, and Burke and Tipperborough, the Corner Country, Lightning Ridge, the Museum of Ancient Fishes out west, and um, the Silo Art Trails. We've got specialized tours that tap into all of these special places, including Mungo National Park. Mungo is where. Um, The oldest um, ceremonial burial in the world has been discovered. Quite a number of decades ago, there's been a a re-burial of actually the remains, but um, it's a very, very ancient burial technique that was used there. When I went
1: out to Uluru, I didn't connect with any uh, First Nation people except for the odd person that was sitting, you know, selling paintings. Uh, do you take tours out to the rock, out to Uluru? Do you sort of connect with the Indigenous community out there? The, um,
0: yes. I yeah. Think? Well, some. Of, I mean, there's a there's a lot of mainstream doing that, and it's 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 been one of the busiest destinations for inbound tourists in Australia. It's um, it's a bit, a bit overwhelming in some ways. That's why it's nice to go with someone who knows where the the uh, quieter places are, and, and we regularly do a, a trip from Alice Springs through the uh, McDonald Ranges, which is what you can see behind me. That's uh, Ormiston Gorge in the McDonald Ranges, which are also a sandstone, a highly compressed sandstone um, mountain formation. To get a the deepest Aboriginal experience, we've been going to the remote art centres, and um, with people interested in Aboriginal art across the the Northern Territory WA border into uh, Utopia and and uh, up the, ta- the um, Tanami track, west of Halle Springs as well, there's um, remote communities. So for a, um, a deeper, richer Indigenous connection, they're probably some of the, the richer experiences that we have when we go into those communities. From Uluru, there's some unique experiences going south into the uh, APY lands too, and uh, Cave Hill. That's a um, that's a Seven Sisters dreaming site with rock art and and special experiences there.
1: Sounds amazing. Sounds mm. uh, incredible. So the Australian visions is that what I said that we were going to talk about before? What's that about?
0: As I said, there was a, a downloading of info came to me after my time, my first time in the Kimberley. What I'm, well, I, I've also, more recently, the last five or so years, I've been developing my um, my coaching skills, uh, learning different coaching techniques, and, and now I'm a life coach as well, and business coach. My focus is really about vision and helping people develop that with a uh, and and bring results about through it I mean a lot of people have dreams and visions and this is the spiritual journey as well you know there's a lot of creativity but actually manifesting it into something physical or something real is a challenge for many creative people uh so I've developed the the vision quest you know once again the Bible tells us without vision the people will perish and so it's it's that vision of your yourself in the future, the processes that I, I facilitate enable people to get a, a deeper sense of their their real values, what that, what's really important to them, and that develops a, a, a deeper sense of their passion and, and sense of purpose. And for me, it's about connecting with nature and singing and dancing. You know, I love singing and dancing because these are expressions through the body as well. It's what ancient cultures have always known, you know how important these these pursuits are. Interestingly, Malaysia developed the vision for Malaysia through creative work through song and dance. So they, they created a a stage show that would bring Malaysia into uh, a new vision of the the future Malaysia they wanted to create. So, Australian Visions has been collecting visions, vision statements, um, uh, artistic visual expressions, leaders' visions as well. For example, um, well, there's a you know, without, where there's no vision, the people will perish. Uh, we have to have a sense of our future, but for most people, knowing that there is a future helps keep you alive for a start. <laughs> I think the issue with a lot of Aboriginal people is they don't see a bright future. You know, this nation was built on people with vision and, and longer-term vision than what our politicians are working on now. Their vision is limited to three years or their electoral term, whereas we had things like the Snowy Mountain Scheme where there was a long-term vision for the nation. I use the example of, of Aboriginal kids that I met at an art centre and they had a vision board. They'd written up on their board at the Arts Center what they wanted to do with their future. And so they were teachers and policemen, maybe a doctor, I can't remember. But but you know, there probably would have been 10 or 12 or 15 different statements from different kids. But they were all very narrow because that's you know, policemen and teachers, because that's all they knew. That's there the, that's all they saw. Some of the teachers, you know, a good teaching is to if if you want change, if you want to get out of the environment you're stuck in. And that's Vision Project is also trying to do is to help people see a bigger picture of what their life can be.
1: Their life so, personally or our life collectively?
0: Well, I call it the Big Picture Project, and mm-hmm. it's about integrating everybody with the land and with each other. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we use these maps of Australia where people express their own vision, either uh, artistically or or uh, verbally or, you know, in, in text. The integration of our visions with nature will strengthen the whole nation.
1: Sounds amazing, darling one. Sounds amazing. You know, in 2016, I had a woman on the show called Robbie Holtz. Did you meet Robbie? She came out here on a vision quest. Robin Holtz? Robbie, yeah, Robbie Holtz, Robin Holtz. Did you meet her? She's an American. She came out here. Her partner, her ex-husband, came out to Australia. He was in a wheelchair. He met an Australian naturopath in a bar one night, and um, I think he was having a few sort of issues and the australian naturopath said you have to go to outback australia and meet the um, indigenous elders of our land and now fix you and so this man it was before he met robbie this man in a wheelchair quadriplegic got himself into the (laughs) the red center the center of australia that there was she did have a the woman in the bar the naturopath did give her a name of someone a connection in australia and he spent i think 10 days in the outback and he walked He walked back to the States. He walked off the plane. Mm. Um, And the indigenous said to him, the first nation people, the original people said to him, you're the white man that we're going to give our secrets to because the first nation, Australian first nation people have always been very secretive about their dreaming or their knowledge or wisdom. Uh, This happened many years ago, I think over 20 years ago. And, um, they revealed all their secrets and so he wrote a book called uh, secrets of aboriginal healing and together robbie and he wrote a book called aboriginal secrets of awakening and it was interesting richard when i read it it was like everything that i had been reading and teaching and downloading from my guides it was just universal wisdom mm. Which is, you know, when I read your bio, it's about how we create our reality and that we are multidimensional. And mm. and um, I remember back in 2016 thinking, wow, I never knew that the our uh, First Nation people, Australians, you know, had these secrets, so to speak. Mm. I never knew that, but. Um, yeah, she came out here um, after he died. His name was Gary Holtz. After Gary died, she came to Australia and um, went out into the outback with a group of women. It was around the time that I was working at the academy. Yeah. So
0: I, I do know Robin Holt. Um, she was living in Vancouver last I heard, uh, but yeah, that might way. Be the same person. Um,
1: I spoke to her again in two thousand and twenty. We spoke about angels. It's on the website speaking of visions what's your vision for the world I know what mine is you know the reason I do these shows is to my vision is to reconnect to our star nation family because I think that our star nation families like the people out there in the cosmos has so much to teach us Mm. Um, so much to teach us about consciousness and how we create our reality you know they all communicate telepathically they have this agility of their mental capacity to be able to focus and stream energy and, and humans are all over the shop like a mad woman's breakfast you know we're thinking of this and worrying about that and you know we have no mental focus and um yeah so that's one of my visions and and when we have that mental agility and, and mental focus and connection to our our unified the unified field of, of all possibility then then anything is possible like the et say to me that the pollution because i get very upset about pollution especially plastic um, i went up to the supermarket the other day with my bags of plastic because they recycle soft plastic and there was some mm. article on the news that said that all the soft plastic recycles that the the um, supermarkets are collecting is going into landfill it's like right you know and so i get upset about this sort of stuff and they said well, if when you reunite with us, we can clean up all that pollution in a heartbeat, you know, they have master of manifestation and energy. They know how to manipulate molecules and, yeah, and healing can happen instantly and all sorts of stuff. So that's my vision for the future is our rejoining our Star Nation families and, um, and having... I think the world will change dramatically when that happens. The technology, not just the physical technology, but the consciousness technology that they can teach us is, would be astounding. What's your vision, huh?
0: <laughs> we have visions that relate to different um, different aspects of our life, but I guess my, I love singing and dancing, and so I want a singing and dancing planet. And for me, that's um, uh, a planet that's celebrating, enjoy, and abundance and um and me in the middle of that traveling around and having a lot of fun on another level um uh at a personal level it's about being in integrity and and present and in a a state of grace and dealing with the world that challenges me you know i i one of the um uh, one of the aspects of australian visions project was about listening to the land and and help and, help, and uh, having a vision come to us from the land you know what's the land want or we'll say and uluru uh said to me that it, it's my groundedness my presence and my integrity that brings people to me i'd like all those qualities and you know so so many people are not present uh you know they're thinking about what just happened or into the future and and um but that's where things happen in the present moment and uh but that's the big challenge for for most humans is to to be there but when we are I think that's when the spiritual connection is going to happen as well and it's happening it's accelerating for individuals yeah to be here
1: now well I can I can attest to that you are a very honest very in integrity Um, beautiful, open person and um, grounded person. So (laughs) having known you for about, it's got to be at least 20 years. I think it was, yeah, about in the early 2000s, I think I met you. Uh, Just, yeah, because I know where I was living because I used to move a lot. And so I remember the houses where i was living, it takes me back to the year. (laughs) So it was like 2000. It was 2002, I think. uh, That was the year that um, Karen and and, um, Marie and I went off to see John of God in Brazil, and mm. um, and then we spoke about that at the academy of light yeah. for people that want to see the beautiful photographs that richard and his team have taken over the years go to the pinterest page because it's on the pinterest page not on the it's not really on the website so it is pinterest.com.au slash spirit safaris and you'll see some of the amazing photographs that richard's taken over the years when's the next outback adventure kicking off
0: our first um, booking at the moment is for to ruler and Lake Air. So, what we normally do is take vehicles from Sydney through South Australia and Queensland up to the Kimberley for the for the season up there. It's it's it, it, it's a winter season, uh, you know, May, June, July, August in the Kimberley, uh, which
1: and- is the best time to be in the centre of Australia having been, yes. in the because yeah, because it's so hot out there when it's summer. So winter, it's just beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful when,
0: days, clear days usually. Clear,
1: beautiful, like like mm. mid-20s, just stunning. So yeah. when's that happening? June, July.
0: Um, well, that's the Kimberley program, mm. and, and we'll have other tours before that, um, you know, regional New South Wales, some of the highlights of and rock art that's in New South Wales and Aboriginal sites, uh, we're doing a silo art tour uh, at the end of April and uh a tour to Lake Air and Arkarula. Uh we've got a number of Lake Air tours. Lake Air so, will be will be big this year.
1: For people who don't know what Lake Air is, just a quick um, overview of Lake Air. What what's Lake Air?
0: Well I'm not sure if it's the largest salt lake in the world but it's it's uh the catchment area for lake air is one-sixth of the whole Australian continent so there's rivers flowing into lake air from all directions uh, out of the deserts and out of Queensland and and so on um it's uh 38 feet below sea level or about 16 meters and it's um uh, it's where Donald Campbell broke the world speed record back in 1964. So it's a, a flat salt lake about 170 kilometres long. When, when it floods, when the rains come, um, the fish are all they they lay dormant in the rivers um, until it rains, and then they get washed down the rivers. And this attracts birds from all over the country. They come to Lake Air. so there's a feeding frenzy on uh, on the birds in the lake. So that's the big attraction but I mean it's amazing whether that happens or not just because of its vastness and the the history of that area you know the it, it it's just uh on the edge of Lake Air is the um where the Overland Telegraph line was built and the Gann Railway line which connected South and North Australia from Adelaide to Darwin back in the uh the late 1800s so there's a lot of history there um A lot of spectacular scenery, lovely old architecture and stunning mountain ranges as well. So that's where we are first. Arcarule is actually um, a very rich mineral environment and um, great mountains and cute little uh, yellow footed rock wallabies there too. (laughs) With the Vision Quest, uh, I'm happy to do uh, some free people for the first five people um, that would like to be involved in that it's about a three or four hour program online if they email me at info at com, first five will get it for no cost and uh, it'll change their lives
1: well you can't get better than that (laughs) a free a free session to change your life yeah Sounds amazing, honey. One sounds yeah. amazing. Thank you again for being on the show and taking us around Australia today, Richard. It's been beautiful.
0: And thank you for the opportunity of being here.
1: Thanks again, Richard.
0: Righty, thank you.
1: Wonderful to have Richard on the show after all these years. I've only known him for about twenty years, uh, spreading the messages and um, you know information about this beautiful land down under. It is an amazing place, the outback the uh, land down under and he lives up on the northern beaches which is about as he said about 40 minutes 45 minutes an hour out of the city which is another beautiful place it's where I used to live before I moved back to the city about 10 years ago um, yeah we live in the lucky country it's very beautiful well I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you come on down one day and do one of his spirit safaris <laughs> and I'm not going to kick back from it <laughs> i just thought i wanted to help out a friend um who's coming up in the inner sanctum this weekend no where are we what's the date today uh not this weekend next weekend on the 22nd or the 21st and the 22nd sunday the 22nd here in australia samuel chong samuel shen Chong is coming in, who was on the show last year talking about the Uber Prophecy, the golden planet, the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, which uh, rocked my world, actually, that book. Uh, I think that Richard was talking about the First Nation people, Indigenous or the original people, talking about them coming from the Pallades and seeding planet Earth. Actually, it it explains in this book, The Uber Prophecy, all of that. It is by a French-Australian guy called Michel de Marquet who was abducted in the late 80s, I think, or maybe mid-80s by a highly evolved civilization that took him to a ninth-category planet and showed them around his planet and then told him all sorts of mysteries to life on Earth and who we are and what we're doing here and where we've come from and where all the different ethnic species have come from and what planet seeded what ethnic species and it's absolutely fascinating and hearing about their technology we are a category one planet according to the people from the thiova prophecy and they are a category nine so i wonder what happens in between one and nine that's what my thought was unfortunately michelle de is no longer in his physical body doesn't mean i couldn't talk to him does it should chat to him in spirit, anyway. But um, Samuel's taken up the mantle, the the mission to spread the messages in the book, and he's a very well versed, very informative young man. He's in a Chinese man living in um Chinaman, Chinese man. He's from China, living in the um in the U.S. and uh, he's very well ber- versed in all sorts of spiritual philosophies. He's brilliant. So he's going to be our guest speaker, our first guest speaker for the Inner Sanctum online group sessions in a couple of weeks so i hope you can join us it'll be a fascinating conversation uh, obviously samuel hasn't got all the answers to the many questions that i've got about um, about diuba. diuba when i ask the guides and they're saying yes again is it part of the Pallades? is that planet part of the Pallades? they're saying yes so when we talk about the pilates seating earth these guys are part of the palladian system they don't call it the palladian system we call it the palladian system you know they have different names for these things but uh they're they're like nine foot hermaphroditic beings that are masters of manifestation they are incredible they're incredible anyway check out the book it's online the thai of prophecy you can get the pdf and um see it online (laughs) someone at my door and uh, it's a fascinating book. Have a read before you meet Samuel or listen to our conversation on ATP media and um listen to what he has to say about the book we discuss many many things in the book and he's also been on quite a few other podcasts i put him on a, a stack of podcasts because i really felt like the message in the book needed to be spread so he's been on many podcasts since my show because i gave him a whole lot of names to other podcast shows and then other people find find him and yeah off and running he's off and running uh so that's coming up on the 21st, 22nd of January. And I'm online at the first weekend of every month. Uh, we have a staff family reunion. You know, we get together and chat about all sorts of things, different people we've learnt. And I'm also doing deliberate creation sessions on a Monday morning or Sunday afternoon or evening in the States, which is a drop-in course and by donation between $35 and $50 for an hour of deliberate creation you know, sort of um, brushing you up on your deliberate creation skills because the uh, Arcturians say to me that this is the most important thing that humans can learn at this time is their powers of creation and how to flow their energy in a way that creates their reality as we create the different timelines that we're on and, and what we're going to live so if you want to join please let me know and i'll send i'll send you the zoom link and also i'm running a meet your spirit guides course there's a lot going on Uh, for four weeks starting on the 16th 16th 17th in australia 16th in the us four weeks Uh, it's in the evening in the us it's like midday mid-morning late morning here in australia someone emailed me saying I'm you know i do a nine to five so if i get enough australians who want to do the course i'll do it at night but at the at the moment it's from people from overseas wanting to do the course and it's a great it's an interactive course i teach you how to talk to your guides i pair you up with other people and you do readings we speak to the angels we speak to dead relatives we go there you know we just do what needs to be done at the time it's not a set curriculum i like to go with the flow because i'm constantly guided what i need to talk about what i need to say so that's coming up as well maybe you'd like to join us for that so I'm going to go. It's been a bit of a long show, first show of the year. It's been brilliant. I loved it. I'll um, I'll see you soon. I've got a lot of people coming up uh, for the shows. The shows are booked out to the middle of the year. <laughs> so there's lots of people to talk to this year. So I, I'll see you soon. If you haven't checked out the book Awakened by Death, do so. It's a great book and I'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.